everybody, we will tell you everything we've never told you. I'm gay. I don't like it. No, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, that you're not gay? I've never, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. On that note, hit the theme music. Boom. Birds. Birds are the Birds are the ones. See, I think I blew out the mic just there. I know. I, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. I think I did it too. No, usually I'm pretty good at that, but I don't know. We're good at blowing things. Anyway, so welcome. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Not, not that would be an issue if I, it was. I did not know. I did not, not know Not to that pull a Connor you. for real. I did not. A Connor for real? Mm-hmm. What's that? Remember from Popstar, the movie starring Adam, Andy Samberg? He has an entire song about um, being for gay rights, but also he's not gay. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Oh, it's truly a wonderful song. It is brilliant. And Pink sings the verse, and she gets progressively more and more put off by him being like, like, being gay is not a choice. It's who you are. Also not gay. <laughs> it's like rainbows, gay marriage, like Porsches, Camaros. <laughs> it's so, so funny. And uh, to quote the late, great Harris Whittles. Mm-hmm. I'm gay, but I love pussy, y'all. Yep. Which was, in fact, the gayest thing he ever <laughs> the said. The gayest thing he ever said. I love pussy, y'all. Welcome to this real literature show. Welcome to Slow Readers. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Slow Readers. That's for all you Celeste Ng fans out That's there. That's for all you Celeste Ng fans who are just like, <laughs> I want to hear a bunch of a bunch of cool dudes chat about Celeste Ng and, and, and um, all, all these that things. That gaping silence is the sound of unsubscribes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slow Readers, your Welcome. weekly fast-paced literature podcast brought uh-huh. to you by Top Gallant Radio. Oh. For those of you who are here only for book talk, and I swear we're a real literature show. We talk books. We're just goobers. Yeah, we're no. just a bunch of goobers. We like uh, we like spending some time getting to know we one like another. To screw and by one another, we're talking about each other, who have known each other for like 20 years. Yeah, just about. We like to have a good time. Literally. No, it's literally been 20 years. Yeah, it's been 20 years. It, yeah. But if Longer. you are here only to talk about and listen to us talk about mm-hmm. Celeste Ng's Everything I Never Told You, swipe up, scroll down. You'll see in the show notes a time code for when we're actually talking about the book. But I don't know why you want to do that, because I think we're a hoot. I don't know why I did't want to do that. And if you hear these long silences for me... Uh, it's because um, I realized you're supposed to put when you when you when you put the Alka Seltzer tablets in the yeah. water, you're supposed to like drink it like relatively quickly you once are? it's settled. Unless you yeah, just let it like dissolve. Well, you let it dissolve, but once it's dissolved, you drink it. Small um, window. So like so essentially, I did one, and it's not because I'm sick. It's just because like all people who love Alka Seltzer, I'll just take a tablet of day Alka Seltzer every once in a while. I really, while. I really don't understand it. Oh, it's like, the best. It, it, it it's fucking not... clears you up, man. Um, I just drink club <laughs> soda and take lots of Tylenol. Which I think is basically Does that clear the same your sinuses? Effect. Oh, not my sinuses. I'm on like three different kinds of allergy medicine. All right. Well, this is this like I'm on like one week mm-hmm. one regularly. Yeah. I went to the doctor yeah. for the first time in years, and the guy was like, "Yeah, your sinuses not good." <laughs> I'm like, "Thanks, man." Oh, is that why you want yeah. to do the neti neti pot? Yeah, I had, we'll I had hearing loss because of my sinus problems. Yeah, that's pretty. He told up. me you're having trouble hearing because of your sinus problems, and I'm like, "Wow." That's a, no, I get, uh, that makes sense. I didn't realize that would um that actually was a thing. Like if your sinuses are fucked up, that's gonna yeah, screw up your yeah. There's a canal there. I also probably why I have a modicum of sleep apnea and why I snore terribly. Yeah, probably. Yeah, use a neti pot, dude. Um, I intend to get one. I'm a little scared now. I had one in Pennsylvania. Have you ever used one? Never used it. It 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 seems scary. <laughs> it um not to not to make it uh uh this isn't actually a, an obvious ref- a purposeful reference to uh the book we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It feels a little like drowning. <laughs> oh, see yeah, that's why I'm a little worried. It's pretty cool, dude. Mm. It's like strangling yourself now. I mean, yeah. no, it it is really weird cuz I had the um the the like it was like a bottle and like you like literally like squirt it and it shoots up your nose, mm-hmm. which is like like the neti pot is like a little more relaxed than that. Yeah. Because like you're supposed to like hold your breath, like you know, like that canal that goes to your throat. Mm-hmm. Like you make sure that's closed, and like you let it just drain through sure. like one nostril to another. I guess. Which is it's it's not something that like when you do it the first time, it's very it's weird. You're not mm-hmm. used to doing that. Yeah. Um. Uh, I I have never been able to swim. Speaking of this book, um, I almost drowned when I was like four or five. It, I was a little kid, and I almost drowned in a pool. Twice in the same pool trip. It was the first time um, an uncle found me at the bottom of the pool. And he was like, hey, what are you doing down there? And I'm like, <laughs> was he, did he say that in the water? Like, what are you doing yeah, down there? he was there? super chill. And, and I was like, yeah. And you're like, I'm, I'm drowning. I'm like, and, and countless friends have tried to teach me how to swim. And I'm certain it's a psychological block I have where once I feel like I can't breathe underwater and I'm drowning, mm-hmm. I physically panic and I am unable to swim. Well, I tell you what, that's something we, we, we this is a conversation we should be having in the actual book talk. Mm. It's actually fairly relevant. We should also introduce revenant? ourselves. Yeah, that's a word. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's very mm-hmm. revenant. 
important. We should introduce ourselves. Yeah, probably. For example, uh-huh. I am yes. Daniel Gonzalez. Hello. I, at first, Gonzalez, I, I Gonzalez, didn't know Gonzalez. how to say that. I didn't I know how to say I am Sam I am. Uh, I am Sam I am, mm. a.k.a. Daniel Gonzalez. Audio producer, writer, editor, yeah. and author of Note. Yes. Uh, what was your late? How? What was your latest release called, Daniel? My well, my latest well, was called well. It's uh, the part four of a uh, 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 a cook in the kingdom. Yes. So also known as Food Wars. It's not. It has nothing to do with it's Food so Wars. Food. I'm Gabriel, loving the latest arc, who, Daniel. It's who, so exciting. Who and what are you? I was gonna go into more. Food uh, nope, Wars talk. No, I will I, not I, let I, you I, do I, that. I decided to stop. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Gabe Amara. I am a comedian. Sometimes I'm a writer most of the time, and I'm an audio producer by profession. Um, gotta admit. Uh, I miss uh, I miss uh, miss bartending very much because uh, Daniel and I for this audiobook production company we work for we're real audio producers. Mm. When we say we're audio producers, it's not that we make our own podcast; it's that we are paid to do this for real. Those and I'm uh, okay. I just sit in the small office of Daniel in beautiful California, and I'm like, mm. click click click. Gabriel. There hasn't been a day that's gone by in weeks where you don't mention the fact that you miss bartending. I miss it so much. I know you miss bartending, but like, I don't know, get a bartending job on the side. Work weekends or something. It's hard. Okay. I'm trying. I'll find it. And I'll stop mentioning it. Sorry. Uh, No, it's just like every day it's like, like you've mentioned that. And every time I think it's like, like, yeah, I like money. That's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, I like no. Don't be wrong. I, I don't, I'm not. I've never been a bartender. Uh-huh. Um, I've never been a server, any kind of like restaurant kind of person or whatnot. So it's like I don't have that, and I don't think I wouldn't uh, flourish in that like you would, Gabriel. Yeah. Um. So like for for me, it is like a hard. It is a hard like like yeah, I'm cool doing with this, and and hearing you constantly be like, and I understand that is the thing that you really enjoy doing. I know yeah. you've, you've enjoyed it for most I'm, of the time. I'm, I'm a different kind of like hyperactive than you, mm. and I I. Really really dislike sitting down for like all day it's a bummer for me yeah i don't know but uh yeah, i miss cutting limes dude for me i'm just like it's like oh man i had a i had a relatively chill week in terms of work all this last week mm-hmm. and and the fact that i'm making salary it's it's the one thing where it's like i don't want to brag because yeah. it's a shitty thing to brag about but like i'm not bragging I feel, I feel, I think mostly I feel uncomfortable, particularly because when you work a desk job um, where you're not interacting with customers, it's hard to tell whether or not you're doing a good job. And I am a needy little boy and I need constant reassurance that I'm doing a good job. And I get it like every like week and a half Mm -hmm. if I do at all. So it's just kind of weird to get constant validation nonstop and people literally handing me dollars I put in my wallet at the end of the day. And they now literally do. They yeah. literally do it. And now I'm just like, They're like, I wait two weeks and then all of a sudden my money's all gone because Bill's an adult life. You you can ask you can ask our CEO if like, would it be all right if you paid me my salary and crinkled and slightly damp yes, singles and fives. I would love it. Uh, yeah. I love having a shoebox filled with disgusting, smelly 20s. So that said, we're going to do a little thing. That being said, extent, we're a real literature show. We are, a little, we are a real literature show. As Gabriel said at the thing, yeah, there's going to be a note below if you want to actually go to like the main subject we go yeah. to. Yeah, um, yeah, If even... you're here to learn about Asian-American stories, <laughs> which is another side that? gig of mine. I have a lot of side gigs. Um... Speaking of which, I want to do an extension of what we did last week. Because last week oh. we talked about a bunch of like, you know, like, um, what do you call it? Uh, high profile books mm-hmm. that are coming out. Uh, um, what should we call the segment? Um, the continuation of that thing we did last week. I don't know what I, we I, call I keep lit doing shit. Lit shit. Lit shit. Lit shit. This shit's lit. Well, uh, how, about, it, how about this shit's lit? This shit's lit? Mm-hmm. This shit's That's fine. That's good. Honestly, that would have been a good name for our show, too. That would have been a good. This shit's lit. Or, or, or just even just calling it like sh- like lit shit. Lit shit. Lit shit actually would be a mm-hmm. solid. Hey, I was trying to get that name off the ground for that show we were initially producing where we have two girls eat snacks and they're going to call it eating shit. Because <laughs> it was about fails. Yeah. It was about a modern day um, Gen Z fails day to day and eating. Eat, and bad food. Eating shit. Don't steal that. I really like that idea still. If, if you were British, you would call them Generation Z. So, uh, continuation of that thing we're doing last week, because, and I realized this too, I knew this beforehand, and I I always kind of see this cover and I just kind of brush it off. Um, Speaking of high profile authors coming out with new books. Yeah, what's going on in the literary world, Daniel? Uh, Last last time I mentioned new books by uh, Stephen King. Don Winslow. Thomas Harris, whose name I almost always forget. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don Winslow's book, which came out, I own a copy. Yeah, you own it. Um, Not only that, 
little, a little, a little unknown lady mm. called Margie Atwood. Mar, what you mean, Peggy? Peggy Atwood. Peggy Atwood uh, has a has a new novel coming out called The Testaments. Oh, that's what it's called. I don't know the name yet. Yeah, which I I'm assuming is a sequel. It to... is a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, which is one of the first um, books we did for this literature podcast yeah. we do. And it's still the one where it's like, yeah, I don't know why. So, like, I, I was for some reason not giving that book enough credit. It was really weird. It's like the one book going back in all of them where I was like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was like, I was acting like I was unimpressed by it for some reason. Mm-hmm. It was impressive. It's anyway. a very, very, very good book. Uh, yeah. Which everyone out there maybe knows, you had, including maybe you had diarrhea that week, including the Strand eighty, including oh, which, not barely, which apparently. was kind enough to to politely have it tying with Oscar Wilde's uh, uh fucking what do you call it? Yeah, which is just a strange thing. Um, by the way, if you're here for the Strand eighty kind of talk, this is not an episode of the Strand eighty. We'll be back doing that next week. Yeah, I'm making a dent in that brick. So yeah, I need to pick. I'm it up. eating that elephant one bite at <laughs> a time. Yeah, I'll be I'll be picking. Up. I think it has three parts, doesn't it? it does I think so? Well, oh, you have you have a physical. I I keep trying to get it from my old Pennsylvania house. Want me to borrow from the library? And yes, please. Okay, I'm on it. I'd rather do that, or I'm going to buy the audiobook. I don't. Anyway, yeah. Preview so- for next week. We're doing. We're continuing the Strand eighty by doing. East of Eden by Johnny Steinbecker. Yes. Uh, okay, so real quick just about that is that first what's off, it's called The Testaments. Shit. Yes. Uh, it's coming out in September now. I spelled his name wrong. Mm. Oh, Th- that's, that's why. That's uh, Demi the Juwebe's favorite month. The other book that's coming out that, like, I knew it was coming out and I was like, oh, that's that's fucking cool. Um, speaking of books that we have done before, we have done uh, Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad. That's true. Uh, he has a new novel coming out. His that's next exciting. novel, his follow-up novel... Uh, called The Nickel Boys. What's it about, Daniel? Uh, it's coming out in July, though. What does the blurb say, Daniel? Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, one second, one second, one second. Let's read the, the, the boiled thing at the top, which is smaller, I suppose, this gigantic paragraph. Good grief, yeah, what's the blurb? All right. In this bravura, follow-up oh, to the Pulitzer oh, Prize oh, oh. and National Book Award winning... That sounds n- spicy. ...number one New York Times bestseller, The Underground Railroad, Colson Whitehead, huge nerd, yeah. uh, brilliantly traumatizes... him. What's that? I have photos of me of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second time I met him. Brilliant dramatizes another strand of American history through the story of two boys sentenced to a hellish reform school in Jim Crow era Florida. Oh, dear. As the civil rights movement begins to reach the black... Oh, that's really long. I'm not going to bother reading that. Yeah, but that, that's about two young boys in Jim Crow era... What's sent name? to some kind of reform school, essentially, and that that sounds, uh, sounds interesting. Again, it's called The Nickel Boys. Mm-hmm. That comes out in July... And the last one oh, was gonna, probably actually... I really, really liked Underground Railroad, but um, I think Homegoing did it better. Uh, it's not a contest. It's not a contest. <laughs> not a contest. But... It's, not a, it's not a contest. And, but... and what, 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 uh, why do you uh, mention those two books uh, together? Um, because they're two stories about the spirit of rock and roll. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's about young punks rocking it's out in the eighties. Crust punks and their dogs. I just pop a mic. That's not true at all. They're wonderful books. Uh, the, another book coming out in September. Uh, Demi favorite month. What's that? What? What? Oh, I so said that's Demi Dejuwebe's favorite month. Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a new novel by someone who usually doesn't really write novels all that much. Okay. Uh, uh, little known author Tanahasi Coates. Oh, that's exciting. Who that? Uh, I know he wrote novels. He wrote he wrote novels. I, I I think he has. He wrote Black Panther for a while. Yeah, I mean he writes. It's exciting. Writes fiction. It's I guess. Some fiction. It's just um yeah we know him for just well primarily that one thing he wrote. I gotta keep blowing out the mic. What the mm-hmm. fuck is going on? All right. I got it now. I got it. Go. I'm good, there you y'all. Go. But uh, no, he has a novel, uh, Tanahasi Coates, The Water Dancer. Mm. That sounds a lot like it might be another Fern Gully reboot. God, I hope so. That'd be awesome. A boldly imagined work of magic and adventure from National Book Awarding winner author of Between the World and Me. I almost said Mac and Me. I listened to that on audiobook. <laughs> it was wonderful. Oh, yeah? I should do that. Yeah, it was great. I had a, I had a copy of that for like the longest time. I just I never know. got around to it. Yeah, the water book's wonderful. It's very because I picked it up and I was just like, oh, this is heavy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just because like you open up, it's like it's this tiny little book. It's like you know what? I'm gonna pick it up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. So this is the this is the plot description of uh, the thing about Bob. Young Hiram Water Dancer. What's it? Yeah, Water Dancer. Young Hiram Walker. Also, every time I kept seeing this cover and I never really I never really it never really hit me. I was like, Oh that like it took oh, yeah. it took me a while to go, oh Tanahasi Coates. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so young Hiram Walker was born into bondage and lost his mother and all memory of her when he was a child. 
Uh, but he is also gifted with a mysterious power. Hiram also drowns when he crashes a carriage into a river. Hiram? But... Hiram? Hiram? I was saying Hiram. It's Hiram, yeah. I think. Hiram. I'll say Hiram, because I'm, sure. you know, I'm just doubly down. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, by the save from the death Just by like a... Neil Breen. Yep, by a force double down. Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Tom Kakanis. I wish I remember what the tagline was. It would be a great time to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, by a force he doesn't recognize, a blue light that drifts him upward land, lands him a mile away. The strange brush with death forces a new urgency on Hiram. A private rebellion. Spurred on by his improvised plantation family. Athena, his chosen mother, a woman of few words and many secrets, and Sophia, a young woman fighting her own war even as she and Hiram fall in love. Uh, he becomes determined to escape the only home he's ever known. I'm going to go back and I think it is Hiram. I think it okay. is Hiram. That makes me Thanks. That sounds better. When you, say it, when you say it a bunch of times in a row. Yeah, Hiram. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's another few paragraphs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. So Daniel, which of these books do you think you're going to immediately pick up? I tell you what, the only one that really greatly interests me is the Nickel Boys. Yeah? Yeah. I'm interested in that. Uh, to be honest, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what to make of Coates, and especially with him writing fiction. I've yeah. not really gotten into that. I've not read any of his fiction. I'll be lo- I'll be listening out for it. Yeah. You know, totally. Um, uh, Atwood, like, I, again, you don't read uh, The Handmaid's Tale and be like, man, I can't wait for the follow-up. Yeah, no, a lot of people are complaining that she's doing it at all. People are, I think, there was an article I read online that was something like, Dear Margaret, Margaret Atwood, please don't do this. Which is well, very funny. I, I don't know. That's... <laughs> I'm sure it's it's not like it's not like uh like Harper Lee doing like it's not that yeah and like yeah. Margaret Atwood's alive she's kicking she's vital she's she still loves publishing money. books she loves money she loves she, money again I saw her speak live <laughs> she was really funny yeah and also in the like in the pilot episode of the Hulu series The Handmaid's Tale she slaps Elizabeth Moth in a I never say her name right. Elizabeth Moss in the face. Are you going to call her Elizabeth Moth or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. I can see how you can do that, yeah. Elizabeth Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Peggy Olson. Okay. Peggy Olson. Peggy Olson. Um, yeah. You know, Ma, and, like, like, I'm, I, it, and I also, don't buy new books hardcover unless I have to. Like, um, I have, like, I have my copy of Underground Railroad signed because mm-hmm. I wanted to buy a copy because we had to do it for the show. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I, I wait till things are in paperback and I don't really like buying i've moved too often to buy too many hard paper hard like hardcover books yeah i i i feel that i mean don't be wrong like if i if i had the option i would rather get a paperback mm-hmm. but it does help authors out when you buy those hardcovers man that's true yeah i mean uh, what i if think i give them my high books coins <laughs> well i i think that's also making money too I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious and i think they probably it's like i'm wondering how much of like an old school thing that is with like big authors like they probably make more money selling like Kindle editions, I imagine, because I like suppose. because I mean I don't know I'm curious what that is because again this is also why Kindle books are less usually, mm-hmm. where like for if if I if I wrote a hardcover novel right money is going to the publisher yeah right for various things mm-hmm. and then it's and then whatever how much that costs. It's being sold to the retailer who's going to sell it for however much. And yeah. and if they're going to have it on sale for like 18 bucks when the full price is like 30 bucks or whatever. Yeah, they're not cheap. Like it's like they're not making – they they want to be able to do this. And also they're they the ones who – They want to make their nut. They're the ones who are actually like selling the books. Mm-hmm. So like and imagine if it's Kindle, like you imagine some of those fees might be smaller. I don't know. I assume so. But, I mean I don't know. It's a whole new world. Remember, there was an entire uh-huh. like it might not have been like a strongly dedicated like agreement in terms of unionized like sales for that. Like for example, remember when um there was that WGA strike because all of a sudden digital streaming was a whole new world. People mm. weren't getting paid the same rate for it. Yeah, and that's also that's something also slightly different paying too because writers is always a very kind of nebulous. Well, thing. with with like film production or TV production, yeah, film and TV, yeah. Writers, it's like hopefully it's it's cleaner and easier for writers of like books. Well, yeah, I ma- wouldn't know. I don't I'm, know anything about. Well, it. I imagine it because like I imagine for like for streaming rights, I'm sure actors. Daniel, how and, many like, millions did you receive for your books? Oh, millions! Like this is why. <laughs> This is why I'm recording in top gown walking closet. Totally. Um, thank you, Janine. Thank you, Janine. That's our uh, our that producer. Our producer. Yes, Janine. Um, if you recall correctly, um, uh, Ibrahim and I made an entire sketch series where a character is based on you, and you have a wife named Janine who leaves you for Eve. Wait, what? Yes. Was this in Thrasher? It is. Okay. Very complicated. That's right. Is well, there's a character named after me, right? Yeah, named or, Daniel Reichel. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I never saw it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it it took it took a bit out of us. Yeah. 
Go on, Daniel. Well, I, I was going to say that's about it. We're running a bit long. Oh no! So that's so again. Those are books we coming only out in the about future. Books. Yeah, no. Well, we're going to go on break, and we're going to talk about more books now. Oh, great! All right, fucking hell. Uh, so let's go on break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to actually talk about the book, not just books. To hair book. To hair book. Mm. All right. Is it little fires everywhere? Uh, I wish. So <laughs> 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 we're going to go on break. Go on I break. Know what it's about. Welcome back. Hi, guys. Dear listener. If you're here just for some lit talk, uh, you made it. Yes, and let me know if I'm... I don't think I'm blowing out the mic. I don't think it's I'm just, blowing out either. I think we're, know, our show is too quiet on average. Well, because on obvious... Well, I think that's I think it's your fault. No, I, think should be compre- I think you should be compressing. I, I think it's your motherfucking fault. I think fault. you should be normalizing Compressing? What cleaner. the fuck? Compress and normalize. Who do you think I am? Normalize them levels. Make you it make, clean. You make it sound like I'm not recording this on Logic and then editing hey, it on hey, Logic hey, right hey, away. Hey. Are you not? I don't everything like this. What's that? I don't think you are. No, that's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, well, yeah. Well, because then I oh, also I, need to I, put. I re-export out to Audacity just to do those things because I'm pretty sure I could do it on Logic. I just don't know how because I'm actually a scrub. Yeah, that's lame. You're lame. Uh, you're lame. Fuck you're you. lame. Fuck you. Anyway, so welcome to literature talk. This is book talk. Gabriel, mm-hmm. this yes, is Daniel. okay. So again, we've been trying to focus on 2019 on doing that Strand 80 thing. Yeah, where we read. We want to read every single book on the Strand 80, which is the Strand, one of the most one of the most famous biggest bookstores in the world, definitely America, where they have a list of 80 reader favorites. Yes, we ain't I'm, doing that today. And although they're like the biggest bookstore in the world, they're not very good at making a top 80 list. So yeah. that said, mm-hmm. um, so we're we've been ignoring that for now. We picked oddly enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, we picked two books. If you're from uh, at the end of the year, uh, 2018, I think it might have been like technically the first episode of 2019. We did our top three books that we've read in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, curiously enough, last week uh, oh. we did The Friends of Eddie Coyle, which is one of my favorite books from 20, that I read in 2018. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to do one that you selected. Did, did I put this on my list? Ah, uh, didn't you? I don't think I did. You didn't? Because I didn't finish it. That's right. I think you were going to talk about doing something else, weren't you? Was that what it was? Uh, I think so. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Well, I thought you did this. You sure you Maybe. didn't? I don't recall. Okay, I don't recall. Listeners, send us a message. You're too fucking stoned. I was too fucking blaze, bro. Uh, Gabriel. So what? yeah, what 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 book did you want us to uh, read this time around? Well, Daniel, as I said last week, um, we did the Friends of Eddie Coyle, which is a pretty strong white guy book. I will. <laughs> that is hilarious that's weird it's very funny actually um, listeners um daniel was handing me everything i never told you and then he refused to hand it to me when i reached for it which like is very funny like, i can't explain why okay. see you talking you two to me okay anyway um we were reading we did a friends of eddie Coyle, and you know i i feel like it's our mission you know to try and read more women try to read more minorities um, because we do tend to, like most people in America, read mostly white men. Well, on top of this, uh, right now we've been on uh, uh, a steady stream of white people, mm-hmm. uh, white white dude reader, yeah, writers. And a lot of that was because of the Strand 80. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, well, let's actually go back in time. Because we had we had uh, uh, George Higgins from last week, which yeah. is a book that I picked. Yeah. Uh, before that, it was Oscar Wilde. Yes. Uh, Tolkien? There was like, there's one I keep forgetting. Yeah. There was like a one in, be- in the middle of there. Like a smaller one. Yeah, what was that? Oh one? boy, god damn it! But and then before that, it was also ah oh, fuck. What yeah, I mean, was like, it? Like, la- like, like last you know. year, we 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 uh, we did our best well, to well, read last year, more. Women, last year we were more... picking specifically. Yeah, we were specifically we're going for it. Now they're going to be a little. Now we're kind of chilling out a little bit. Yeah. Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five, another yeah, one. Yeah. Um, but we did do a tree grows in Brooklyn. So, but that's uh, but that's the last one, and it's been a it's been a it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Yeah. So like it's it's been a while. So this is the first time that uh, we're doing uh, a writer who's not white, not a man. Yeah, we definitely. Uh, I wanted bit. to pick a book that was short enough, and it was preferably written by a woman. And, you know, just a little bit different. And also, it's not even a white woman, which is very exciting for me. And I wanted to read one of the historical fiction books written by Newt Gingrich. <laughs> which are real. No, I believe it. Um, they are. I'm going to actually look that up. Gabriel, mm-hmm. what book did we, uh, did we, did you select for us Ow. to read? Look out, dude. We selected Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng, oh. published in 2014, and was also the Amazon number one book of the year. Yeah, dude. On 2014. Yeah, in 2014. Um, it doesn't... I forget. She was a journalist, right? Is that what she was? No. Am I thinking she, um, about somebody else? You're thinking of someone else. Um, she went to Harvard, to, and then she um, just in English, and She's then she Harvard ended lady. up working on like textbooks, and she was doing a really unfulfilling career working on textbooks and such. Mm-hmm. And then she went back to school to get a master's in writing fiction, and then um, she became a writer full-time. 
Okay. What's what happened? Sorry, no. You were giggling. You uh, are, I, you're barely holding in that. I told you I was going to honestly look up Newt Gingrich's novels. Okay. Um, Newt Gingrich, Gingrich co-wrote the following alternate history novels oh, and no. series of novels. So I read that and so I was like, oh boy, because they are the Civil War series. Oh no. So you can imagine, I know that, I don't, no, it's not going to be like anything I'm, I'm imagining. What if they were all hardcore black exploitation books? Uh, Pacific War series, Revolutionary, they're all like, they're all like, it's, it's old fashioned John Wayne kind of style war stories, I Gross. imagine. Well, you just look at them. Sergeant York. They're, they're just like these, these thick fucking, it's like some dumb guy trying to do like his version of war and peace or whatever but you know it's just war and peace is not about war <laughs> oh it's about the you know the the horrible effects of war yeah it's about war and peace Swamp love. it's about war and peace but not necessarily just a mm-hmm. war it's know? like dr zavago which we're gonna go see in theaters soon oh um so i was having a lot of fun with that but at some point maybe in a future episode we should read gettysburg a novel of the civil war how long is it probably i think they're all very long look at that cover I mean, like it just basically says everything that you want about he didn't it. Even write it by himself. Um, no, he with a uh, with William R. Fortune. Fortune. Yeah, Fortune. William R. Fortune. Fortune. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> uh, that actually I, makes a lot of sense. Fortune slash poll. This is uh, by QAnon. It, it's not that long. It's under four hundred pages, which is actually shorter. But that is the first one. I think they got way longer, mm-hmm. and it's also from like. Anyway, so enough about that. Wasn't there uh, been a QAnon book yet? There has there been. Gabriel? We'll see. Anyway. Gabriel? Yes, let's, Daniel. I believe, did you bring us information on Celeste Ng? I did. And you know. also maybe some on the book's ba- sure. uh, background? Well, first of all, I'll tell man. you all about what the book's about. So Everything I Never Told You is about an Asian-American family in the 70s in Ohio. Yeah. Um, the father, James, is Chinese. Um, he's a child of immigrants from China. And the mother is Marilyn, a, um, a white woman woman Mm -hmm. um with a mother who's a homemaker um they have a family and it turns out that their eldest daughter their prize child their golden child lydia is found dead at the bottom of the lake by their home and we follow the entire saga of the lee family as they go through the past of how they got together and all the secrets and all the disappointments, hurt, and expectations they put upon one another as a family, trying to cope with the death of their favorite child. Yes. And also discover the secret behind her strange death mm-hmm. and also the secret of the oops. Yes. Yeah. The secret is that Kevin Nash is Super Shredder. Yeah, dude. Yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, this book came out in 2014, written Mm. by Celeste Ng. It's spelled N-G. It's pronounced Ng, I-N-G. And uh, and again, this is like her first like. This is her debut novel. Her her debut novel, like I I, like on Wikipedia, I saw that she had this. She had like another. She had a short story that was also like some kind of prize winning thing. Short stories. Yeah, and then and then uh, her as. We mentioned all the time that uh, her last novel, her, her most recent one, um, uh, Little Fires Everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, which which came out like two years ago. I think two years ago. Like 2017 or so. Um, so. Has been getting like a ton of- uh, A lot uh, of press. A lot of press, a lot of big news. It's mm-hmm. been selling very well. I've always been curious about yeah, that it's one. It's real critical, darling. But Gabe- It's, it's kind of like what you hope out of like those Ruth Ware books we read, where you read her debut, and mm-hmm. we're like, I hope it gets better. And it never did. Versus here, where apparently this was her debut. Uh-huh. Apparently- and, um, I don't know how you felt about it. I think this is a fantastic book. And apparently everyone's saying that Little Fires Everywhere is even better. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. I, I feel... Well, we can talk about this when we talk about the book, but I, I tell you what, let's save it for that. Gabriel, sure. give us some back history on sure. this book and Ng. Sure. Um, basically, all you need to know about Celeste Ng is that she went to Harvard to get like to work in English and she became a writer um, after being dissatisfied of working in the whole textbook world. She wrote this book and like over a course of like six years or so became a mother doing it. Um, but the most interesting thing about the whole backstory of this book, I feel, is it sprung from a random image that her husband put in her head. Apparently her husband, as a child, he had a friend who pushed his little sister into a lake. And it turned out she was okay. They saved her. The girl lived. But it always stayed, this image always stayed in Celeste Ng's mind of what kind of person pushes their their kid sister into a lake, presumably to drown, and then saves them anyway. What are the circumstances of making this happen? So Celeste Ng, she... Growing up in like suburban like Pittsburgh, Ohio, she was a one of the only Asian Americans growing up there in the area, not ever. Mm. And so she just felt like putting parts of this story, part of autobiographical story, into it. And she created this first book, Everything I Never Told You. Hey. And that's about all you really need to know. Um. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, oh, oh, cool. Again, like she's a very new author. I mean, even she's mm-hmm. been had a ton of fucking success. Yeah, uh, an acclaimed first novel and a like best-selling second novel. Yeah, and the second novel is being adapted for an, a Hulu series. Supposedly, this is being adapted as well. I think it's it, movie um, rights were sold a long time ago, but they were you know on, nothing's come of it yet. On Wikipedia, and don't get me wrong, like this doesn't mean anything, but it said that like supposedly the mother, um, Marilyn, Marilyn, I, I can't Marilyn believe I forgot, I can't believe I forgot that name. Um, uh, is being played by Julia Roberts. Um, supposedly that kind of thing pops all the time. Yeah, I don't care for that casting, but yeah. but like for example, like so yeah, I mean so that means she's fucking making bank, dude. She's making big bank. She's making fucking crazy That's money. That's a big deal. So yeah. Daniel, um, she's rolling blunts with fucking question. Atwood. Did you? Yeah, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> did you finish the book? Yes. Good. Yay. Um, did you finish the book? Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I started reading this book last year, put it down because I'm was i busy or whatever, and I finished it. I jumped back in where I left off. So maybe my early memories are not as fresh as yours are. Oh. So if I miss something, you'll have to jump on it. Okay. But yeah, I finally finished it in preparation for this episode. Daniel? Yeah. How did you feel about Everything I Never Told You, 2014, by 2014. Celeste Ng? Well, let me tell you what I didn't tell you yet. What's that? Uh, tell know. me everything you didn't tell me. Uh, I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I liked it enough. That's the end of the show. All right. Credits. See you guys next week. Um, no, I liked it enough. Ga- Battle Angel Alita. Gabriel, how did how did? Actually, I don't think it's next week. That's I think it's the week after. Now. Gabriel, um, how you finishing the novel? Because yeah. when when you when you you were raving about it, having only read how much of it? Do you think? Um, a good 75%. 75%? I was almost done. So, like, reading the last, like, 60 pages or whatever, because mm-hmm. it's a relatively short novel. Yeah. Um, did, did, did that opinion change at all? Like... Um, no. It maintained. I mean, the funny thing is that much like, uh, like... The, the effect of reading um, Black Water or something. Mm-hmm. This book was very hard for me to finish, particularly because as a Asian American myself, um, there someone who struggled with feeling like an outsider growing up in Pennsylvania, where there's was one of the only Asians in the school. A lot of it hit too close to home, and a lot of it was extremely painful to get through. Yeah, that this this book had a lot of, you know, a lot of those moments of recognition. That, that cause you, like, that make you need to stop and take a breath. Mm-hmm. Um, this book affected me greatly. Yeah, and but I have questions, but we should also talk about how much we should spoil about this because, like, that's let's, a very good point. Let's, um, it, it's gonna be hard to talk about certain things, of course, but like, uh, like, I mean, because here's the thing actually, how about this? The time out what you're saying before mm-hmm. is that, like, I think thought there was going to be like some like a slight plot in this yeah there was gonna be like a mystery plot it, it, it. seemed like they were gonna kind of like they're gonna do that because even early mm-hmm. on um, when marilyn the mother um says like says like i'm gonna find out who was responsible because somebody was responsible for this yeah and then so like you, it kind of seems like that and then it doesn't do that mm-hmm. it's not that's not a bad thing of course yeah. like, should we go ahead and spoil it this book's very it, it, a lot of it weighs on what happened like page one lydia's dead yeah, and we only we don't find well, out the truth of what happened to her until very near the end of the book. They don't say. But they don't say is, she's dead. Oh, oh no, my glasses are on there. Yeah. Oh. There you nice. go. No, they say she's dead in page one. Do they? One second. I thought they just say that she goes missing. Lydia's dead. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> that's a first sentence. That's amazing. Um, so uh, yeah, um, so I think that this book is five years old, and I think anyone listening to this has already read it. If you haven't read it yet, um, I heartily recommend it. And Daniel says, "Yeah, why not?" Yeah, no, no, definitely check it out. Um, it sounds cool. I, I, this makes me like I read this and I'm like, I like this a lot. I really want to read Little Little Fires Everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, even know the plot of Little Fires Everywhere. I, uh, uh, I just read like the very top. Again, it sounds something where like it kind of Love the hints title. hints at a mystery, but there might not be any mystery. Yeah, the, I am, kind I of am like this super one. <laughs> into that. You yeah. know, like Daniel, you know, I love melodrama. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I love it even more when it's not distinctly melodrama. When it's melodrama masked as a thriller almost. Like this is. You open a book, like you said, and you think that there might be some kind of nefarious mystery. Uh-huh. And spoiler alert, three, two, one, there's really not. Yeah, let, I mean, let's not let's quiet cruelties we inflict on the ones we love. Yeah, it's 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 about family. It's not about what 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 uh what fucked up thing led to this girl dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that. Um, and and Gabriel, here's something else that I kind of uh, mentioned before uh-huh. uh, to you is that um when I picked this up, 
And for some reason, and I don't know why, okay. if someone wants to let me know about what, what, like what this is, because it's been a while since I've read it. Was there a naked Polaroid of me inside the book? Yes, there was. Okay. It, it's like, and it wasn't the you funny, it's, this isn't even your copy. This is from the it's library. Very it's very strange. weird. You know, um, so, I send those out. So like, uh, no, no. When I was, when I picked this up and I read this, for some reason, I was really thinking about The Sound of the Fury. Oh, actually, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, Go, sorry, finish okay, yeah, let me, let me finish this. So I was thinking about The Sound of the Fury, and I wasn't too sure why. And I think it was, like, if there's one thing tonally that, that like, I can draw the comparison to, is that, like, the Quentin story. I have not which read is, this. Which is, it's, like, each of the four, well, technically, the first three of the four stories all are from the first perspective, like, the me- like the mental perspective of, of, a, of, of a different son of the, yeah. the Comson family. It's important to say, in everything I never told you, a lot of the narrative is all about how eldest child, son, Nath, short for Nathan, yes. <laughs> and youngest daughter, Hannah, are com- almost completely neglected because of all the focus on Lydia, the golden child. Yeah, uh, uh, growing up, and on top of that, then even after, especially yeah. Hannah, Nate I feel so bad for Harvard Hannah. Harvard, and they don't give a shit. Yeah, and like Hannah's just almost completely ignored. Now, like Nate, uh, Nate, I was always, I was like, he's gonna be, he's going to fucking Harvard. He'll be fine. Uh, you know, have some, have some familial, like, uh, what do you call it, spite in you. That'll, that'll help you grow. Hannah, you're uh-huh. just like, oh, I feel bad. It's like, yeah. she's hard ignored. But yeah, um, it's, it's so like, it's, it's easy to. I think that's one of the one of the brilliant like bits of the book. It's easy to overstate and understate the effect of of emotional neglect in a child. It, yeah, and like um, and and it's, it's it it causes shock waves that we don't even consider. Like it's easy to be like, and Nath's ignored. It's like, and no, but no, in reality, poor Nath is bullied by his father in just. Nothing, nothing the, so heinous as active anger or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just what it what it feels like to be neglected and ignored in favor of another child. A weird, a weird, especially in ter- well, I do. Let's, let's sound the fury real quick, but like, uh, uh, yeah, like especially like this weird kind of sense of disappointment where like his uh, professor dad is like yeah. for some reason doesn't uh, is disappointed that his son isn't a jock or something like that yeah, which is James which is growing up weird. as a ch- child of immigrants in chi- from China in mm. America he is completely excluded his whole life and he starts projecting those old fears of his onto his son Nath because he'd hoped that his son would be more accepted and more fit in yeah. James is preoccupied with uh, opinions of others and how that he wishes his son was not him and he sees too much of him, even though it might not even be there. Yeah, and one of my favorite, one of my favorite, very few kind of like like comedic moments almost mm-hmm. is that uh, James, when he starts out, he has like the most like compensating co- topic where he's he's lecturing on the cowboy in American yeah, literature. He's a which professor is, at Harvard teaching about American culture and cowboys. It is the you couldn't get a more straight up american culture uh topic than that <laughs> i, I just, definitely okay. didn't identify that at all yeah huh. let me okay so sound of the fury real quick so like th- so there's that so i kept thinking like why does this remind me of sound of the fury and before i could really think about it anymore about like 15 pages in damn it if sound of the fury doesn't actually show up in the fucking book and allow me to pop in if that yes so celeste ng did an interview on goodreads mm-hmm. so not an interview he did she did a q a and here we go someone asked her this question in the beginning of the book, you mentioned that Lydia had a copy of The Sound and a Fury. Did that book somehow influence everything I never told you? Celeste Ng's response. What a good question. The Sound and the Fury is one of my favorite books, mm. and one of the things I liked about it is that there's a deeply complicated sibling relationship at the heart of it, and it's a book I large, I hugely admire. So I gave it that little cameo role in my novel as a nod at a complicated relationship between brother and sister, and also as a kind of good luck talisman. Okay. I mean... Don't remember when that totally makes sense. Is like I'd say like like okay cool, but it was like, but the 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 complicated relationship between brother and sister wasn't even introduced yet, and I was thinking about that. It was a hint. So it only it only okay foreshadowing. I, it's the tone. The only time I think I've ever I think I've read something with this tone that uh, was clearly about like a family falling apart. I mm-hmm. think would be Sound of Fury, but yeah, still it's pretty cool. Uh, on Wikipedia, it has her list of like favorite novels. Uh huh. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, everything from like beloved to like um, the game. Uh, the sun also sun also rises. Mm-hmm. The game. Yeah, that's that's Mindy Kaling's favorite book. Uh, yeah. Is that on uh, Strand 80? 
I think it was, right? Oh. It's not Beloved? Beloved. Oh, Beloved is. Yeah. I was about the game. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I thought you were the same way. I thought you were saying that. the, the okay. No, I'm not about the game. No, the Beloved is. I'm um, Tony Morrison. Also, why isn't the game on the Strand Top 80? Come on. <laughs> I don't it's know. bullshit. I think because it's a little outdated in it. The guy's all like, show girls photo of Polaroids you took. Whatever. Anyway, so they so that was a that was a that was a clear ringing sign out to you that at the very least Celeste Ng is kind of on your boat. Yeah. Did no, you she, like the book? She. Yeah. Well, I did. Uh, well, continue. I did. Thoughts okay. about it. Okay. Well. Um. The, oh, one second. My computer fell asleep. Um. No. 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 I. I absolutely really enjoyed it. There's something very classy she's doing here, and I always appreciate class. Um. It's kind of it interesting. Very, it just could have been lurid as fuck, and it was not. It's very yes. gentle. Well, here's the here's the and thing, and and comparing especially with like, because there's something very telling the fact that this is also uh, this and also her new one as well, which might have like a similar tone and also subject matter, mm-hmm. um, like family, race, America. Yeah, I think I think also uh, Little Fires Ever. I think that also takes place in like the 80s or something like that. Okay, I think so. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but um, but I'm wondering, and it always hits me like, like, why is like why is this specifically popular? And it's not just because it's very good. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I kept comparing this to. Like if this was a Gillian Flynn thing, which is all about dark secrets, family, um, it would be very lurid, it'd be gross, it'd be disturbing, mm-hmm. um, or, or something else like Still that. Poetic. Uh, Ruth Ware would have yeah. it would have made this a pulp mystery story. Yeah, there with, would have been a murderer involved. Th- there would have been, and people would have talked very unrealistically. Yes. Um, and like I, I was thinking, like it was almost night and day with that, where it's like I'm glad that I would rather take the one that has no plot. Uh, mm-hmm. Than one, than one that is pot boiler like what, yeah. uh, Ruth Ware. This, so. yeah, this is this is essentially plotless. If you if you consider the in like the innate drama of family to be like devoid of plot. Yeah, but I think it makes sense that this is this is just the natural occurrences following grief of a family that was already on a precipice. Yeah, it, the family was building to a boil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, I I loved. Pretty much every every single character in this. Who was your um, favorite? There was. Uh, Is it I don't Jack? Know. No, probably one. Because you're gay. Probably one of the. Probably one. Of, hey, you're the one who's gay. That's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, really, it's not true. Not really. That was yeah. that was your no. We just learned that, that, you're, that you're, you're not you're not gay, which yeah. is I did not know. That was the lands I put down in this game of magic. <laughs> but uh, that was the lands, and you're tapping that too, <laughs> much like man butts. I get it. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, I don't mean to harp, but it's I, I fu- yeah, not funny. Sorry. Horrible, horrible yeah. language. Also, let's let's talk about that for a second because, like, I mean, like, uh, Jack turning out gay and also being, um, well, he's cl- he's closeted. The way as, he depicted as, is really, really like artful and beautiful. As he would, I, I thought like, it was, from Hannah's point of view of all characters. I thought, it, yeah, it was pretty obvious though. Well before though, right? You so? did, did you do? Was, was your gay? No, it didn't occur to me. No. Uh, well, it, there was a moment early on when, um, especially because like, uh, 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 Nath, 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 I was kept, Nath. I kept saying it Nath. Yeah. I, and then, I said Nath the whole time until I watch an interview with her where she says Nath. Well, I didn't get it until a cop calls him Nathan halfway through the book. Nath. And I went, oh, yeah. Nath. Yeah. And, uh, until then it was still hard to like Nath. And I was like, Nath, no, it just, mm-hmm. I didn't eat in there. Ing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, oh, lady. Nate. But uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Nath is like is getting is getting Nath's uh, big thing post death um, is like essentially like he knows he, he knew that his sister, uh, his dead sister, Lydia. Yes. Um, was, was like that was like her secret boyfriend. That's yeah, she how was spending a lot of time with Jack, like yeah. this guy in her na- in their neighborhood who was a peer of Nath's. He is like a stereotypical bad boy. And he has a he has like a. Um, a reputation for like like deflowering, deflowering girls, women yeah. like yeah like, supposed... people are like stay away from him his mom's a doctor but like she's never around mm-hmm. so Jack is just like smokes cigarettes and has sex yeah and it's we can talk about that whole family because that thing's that that's really interesting also very interesting the fact and that the, Maryland the mother Maryland 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 Mar- no no I'm sorry what's what's Jack's mom I don't recall I, I remember Doctor uh, Wolf yes uh, I forgot her first name Janet Janet Wolf does that sound right okay. But the fact that like um I don't oh wait so not, let's not go there um uh, no just there's an early on when at some point when like uh when Nath is like super enraged and at some point and he starts talking about like some moment where he's like counting the freckles on his face and I was like yeah that's uh that's nobody counts freckles on someone else's face unless it's intimate mm-hmm. nobody yeah <laughs> oh you think do you think do you think Nath is also like secretly into him um possibly uh, I, I believe that maybe him being a teenager having also kind of growing up with 
Jack, mm-hmm. not Jake, Jack, Jack, Jack. Uh, like kind of having like, like, will they, won't they being friends and everything. But like, instead of becoming friends, they like something happens where they misunderstand one another. Mm-hmm. And like, especially Nate gets pissed off at, at, at Jack. Yeah. And then like, but Jack keeps trying to be friends. Like there's some kind of like confusion there, confusion, you know? Yeah. yeah. Also, um, so there's a little bit at the end mm-hmm. that, oh, here, one second. Let me get this. Again, spoil, sp- slight spoilers for, for the end. We've the, already been the wicked spoiling this whole book. Yeah. Well, the, the, um, the, the, the big reason, the big reason, uh, I, the, the mystery in this that I don't want to get into too much, but like you can basically hint it at, and it's. You you know whatever it, it's it's like the why of the death it's yeah. it's like I hope that if you haven't read this book and if you are listening to this episode now that I don't think we've truly spoiled anything important about the book yeah. I think we've spoiled details not the actual complexities it, it is it is a book of why not necessarily what yes um okay so here here's a chapter at the end and this is also after. Uh, Nath had uh, punched uh, uh, Jack in the face and yeah, essentially broke twice. his nose. Um, okay, so this is a sentence. Uh, when at school people ask if he has siblings, uh, two sisters, but one died. When one day he looks at the small bump that will always yes. mar the bridge of Jack's nose and wants to trace it gently with his finger. Yeah, that was a very interesting. That passage. is, that is, that is, that is, yeah. That there, there's something. There's something. There's something at the very least very intimate about that. It 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 uh it gives a sense that at some point, yeah, nobody wants to trace the small bump of someone else's nose or count their freckles unless they unless point. they want to be in in that person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love, you mean? Love, yeah, love. That, that's what that's that gesture. What I mean. a, that's what that vulgar gesture. That, meant. that gesture that like and meant love. That punch. Yeah, um, the punch of love. We also broke <laughs> but, back. But anyway, so no, th- so there's that. And also, let's go into the Wolf family briefly. Because okay. um, one of the most interesting characters in this, the one, like, probably, the, I think the two people who are, who are uh, actually, that's not true. I, I would say, like, the, the two characters. I think, like, the, the wolves exist as an interesting contrast. And to, then, like, yeah. like, I feel like that, that it almost does a disservice to say that they're more interesting, like, considering, like, Every character in his family, particularly the parents, James and Marilyn, have like oceans of history, hurt, resentment, ambition, and like crushed disappointment. And and they bear so much of it, especially like, for example, the mother yeah. who doesn't want to be seen as a certain way, who uh, she has a very awesome, awesome, that's a weird way to say it, but mm-hmm. she has this great uh, thing where she wanted to be her own woman. She was incredibly smart. She was succeeding in a world that only boys do- uh, were like yeah. uh, ruled. The reason why she identified with James ever at all was that he was also... Um, what sort I'm looking for? Like an outsider, like, yeah, intimidated and squashed by the other white male peers. They were they were lonely in in exactly. like in like these academic world, right? Mm-hmm. And and she had like the mother figure who was just like the ultimate mother figure, yeah, Susie where, Homemaker, like to the nth level. Even though, again, she that is also another interesting thing we could talk about for a little bit, where. Uh, the mother who was uh, who uh, the, the her husband Marilyn's father abandoned them, mm-hmm. and yet Marilyn's mother just like went on being like perfect, the perfect housewife yeah. who like puts on gloves like for dinner. It and would have been like a fifties mom. It basically that even the, though the, the nuclear mom, even though there was no you know, man no father, yeah. in the house, it, like her world revolved around a yeah. man who wasn't there. Yeah, and Mar- Marilyn grew up with like almost like a revulsion for her mother for that for her homemaker tendencies. And yet there is this very sad story in there, especially because after. Uh, the mother says something to Marilyn on her wedding day about basically yeah. saying like, you, "Don't do this. You shouldn't be with him and yeah. and like his, per- like what he is." Yeah, and like and, and James overhears it, and they never see they never talk to each other again until the mother dies suddenly, like eight years later or something yeah. like that. And then like it just makes you realize that she, she had like this world of who she wanted to be, mm-hmm. and it was ultimately empty. Yeah, and like, there, there's, there's so much associated, like connecting, like internally, every single member of this family of what they wanted to be and what they wished others to give them, mm-hmm. and they just, and they just couldn't get it, and they couldn't, they felt trapped, unable to verbalize it, and it wasn't out of like anger, it was out of like helplessness. Help, yeah, like at no point could Marilyn explain to James, even if she wanted to, why she felt trapped. Because she, partly because she loved him, and partly because it's impossible to explain. And then she accidentally, so, so tragically, cruelly, inflicts it onto Lydia to an even heavier degree. Yeah, yeah. Like, in, in, in trying to push her to see her, to fulfill her quote-unquote dreams, she crushed the poor girl. 
Yeah, or you could say drowns. Or drowns. Uh, maybe even the whole family, mm-hmm. uh, except for poor Hannah. Poor Hannah. Poor Hannah. Who, uh, who uh, essentially drowned her in even a uh, Nath. Yeah. Um, well, Daniel, I'm guessing we're running long, but can I ask you one last question before we go to break? Yes. Did final final spoiler warning if you okay. don't want to hear this did you like the fact that it ends on a note of reconciliation oh yeah it totally needed well how about this because i could have seen it ending on just and the family was ruined the well, end no you know why because the whole the whole book and i don't mean this in like a dismissive way the whole book's a bummer <laughs> so like if the whole book is a if the whole book feels like a funeral yeah you don't end on a on a nihilistic note that's true like you don't do that that that's that like you know it too is too cruel that is too cruel you can't do yeah it doesn't work like that yeah so like it wouldn't if, have sold if the book had ups and downs mm-hmm. like yeah you yeah. could do that but it's, it's just down all the way it, it's it's down all the way with like a slight you get the sense of mm-hmm. it actually it truly does feel like a moment of grief where yeah. like you dwell on the past you ask what happened what, yeah, what you, like what you, did we you, not you, know yeah you wish you knew what you could have done when everything you could have done was in front of you the whole time yeah or, or and and essentially, it makes sense for you to go through that period too. Yeah. Like it, like like this book's they, a wonderful depiction of grief. These guys do so many things wrong mm-hmm. uh, in that period of of grief and whatnot. But like the fact that they that they do kind of like like elevate out of it, you yeah. get signs of it. Mm-hmm. It's just like okay, that's they continue to be a family. They continue to be a family and and whatnot. And yeah, so but you're right. We are going. Long. Let's go on break real quick. When we, when we come back, we're gonna have actual final thoughts. Ooh. And then we'll do hazy memories. Hazy memories. Talk about what we're doing next. No. And then fuck off. Fine, good. <laughs> okay. That worked too. All right. Let it break. Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener reader. Welcome back to the show. Surprise, I'm a vampire. those birds. Damn it. What? What? Sorry, it's we, a, we had yeah, we, we had two different overlap bits. there. Yeah, Gabriel, we have not taken improv. <laughs> You've taken improv classes. No, I haven't. I I thought you have. No, I read the book. The fuck. Okay. Yeah, in a very uh, Lee family kind of way. Right. Gabriel. Yeah. So let's do final. <coughs> let's Jesus. do final. Let's do final thoughts. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, well, I had a cough, so I just leaned into it. Right? Yeah, fair enough. No, oh, no, no, I, no, I buy it. Okay. I, I I dig it. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Final thoughts, mm-hmm. or do you want me to go first? Do you want to go last? I'll go first if you want. Okay. Go ahead. Sure. Um, I love this book. Uh, there's not enough time in a in our in our comedy literature show yeah. <laughs> for me to talk about how how impactful this book was on me. It it was, it's it's it takes an effort for me to even admit that it was not easy growing up Asian American in our white in our white neighborhood mm-hmm. in our white school. It was not easy, and I've spent my whole life quashing that down because it seemed like the wrong thing to admit yeah. you don't want to say that life is hard because i'm 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 an asian in america but it was and it was not easy it's... and this what this book did helped me understand that i'm entitled to that, that my my pain my fears all my anxieties growing up were totally founded that there was it was real mm. it I'd been denying the reality of so much of this for so long, and it's 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 a cathartic thing to recognize that it's it's acceptable that the pain that I suffer, that my family is, I mean, we were nothing like them. Let me be clear about that. I hope so. Yeah, we were not like that. Oh, you'd be but at the bottom of a lake right now. I'm at the bottom of a lake. It wouldn't be my brother. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> My brother would be chilling just fine. Yeah, I guess so. That yeah. fucking nozzle. Anyway, he's a good guy. He's anyway, a good guy. You give him guy. way too much crap. He's a good guy. My <laughs> brother's a good guy. Let's be clear. Also, I have I blame a lot of my current neuroses on him because he was not a good brother. Mm. Anyway, um, I think I love this book. And it, it, it was so true to life. It caused me pain. So if if you've grew up if you were an asian american and you're curious about it pick it up it's fantastic that's me i got text message oh okay no that was you was it oh yeah oh Oh, that's fine whatever anyway Uh, um great i I think it's a fantastic (laughs) book well i'll 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 talk more about a character in uh in my in my hazy memories but daniel cool your final thoughts uh final thoughts yeah no i liked it quite a bit the only downside is don't try and read most of this book in the space of two days. Yeah. It's a heavy book. I mean, even um, uh, Blackwater, which is like half the size of this relatively short mm-hmm. novel, uh, e- even that, like you have to 
you have to pace that. No, I'll just talk over that motorcycle. Fuck, Fine. fuck him. Whatever. Fuck him. There's some really douchey cars go- zooming by. That's true. We live our, in the main thoroughfare. We do live in, in L.A. too. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, <laughs> no. Uh, it, it's a bit like like even Blackwater, which is even shorter than this. Like you really have to like kind of space out because yeah. it is it is very heavy and. Yeah, so like, but I mean, it's, it's, it's... Another book about a girl drowning. Yeah, dude. Some guy's fault, too. Some fucking guy's... It's not some guy's fucking fault in this In this one, you're right. Yeah. It's the family's fault. It's the family's fault. It's It's all their fault. fault. Yeah. Especially mom, because man. All right. boy. Well, I get mom The whole book, you want to scream at every single character to lay off, but you can't. Damn it, Daniel. Yeah, I know. Me, me personally, I just, I, I felt so bad for, for Hannah for most of it, because she's actively being ignored. and. Yeah. And like, especially because she's like, what, ten in the she's very in the young. Present? I think she's ten. She was like, kind of like she's the baby because uh, yeah. what, Nath was eighteen, mm-hmm. Lydia was sixteen when she was when she died when she was killed when she died, yeah. uh, and then like Hannah, I think was yeah. actually no, I think she would have been younger. I think she's like ten. Yeah, I thought she was ten, but I thought she was. I thought like Nath she's was not t- that young. I thought Nath was ten when she left. That oh. thing, which is something we didn't talk about actually at all. Yeah. That's another element. That's a whole nother, of it. That's there, a whole nother there, thing. There is so much story in this book that I think is so adroitly handled. Yeah. That you, you learn exactly enough to know the the traumatic shockwaves each event caused and then was glossed over because that's what you do as a family. Yeah. And uh and yeah, I think like my the best reaction I can give this is I, I really want to read Little Fires Everywhere. That's great. I'm glad uh, to hear I, I'm so curious to see what that's about because again, mm-hmm. it's it's about a, a a family. I think in the 80s, and I think they might be biracial as well, or mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And um and it's about like there's arsons, like someone burns down the house, and they suspect like the daughter ooh. burning down the house. So so right there, you're just like, ooh, that sounds cool. that sounds dark. I mean, <laughs> sounds yeah. like the Westing game. Gabe Gabriel, yeah. call me of... Gabe. Gabe, you haven't called me that in like fucking. 15 years. All right. Uh, senior, douche, senior douche nozzle. Thank you. Yes. Uh, what is in memory of our good friend, in... Jonathan Hayes? Nope. Let's not play off that joke. Okay. Because now again, we joke about someone dying, then they die. Yeah. Well, that, what do you, hey, to quote, to quote somebody who uh, was talking about uh, uh, the thing happening is that, uh, I forgot actually who said this, but someone made the point. It's like, well, Ryan always had a sixth sense of humor. And I like, that was, like, that was in fact, I think, um, Sean. Yeah, that was, that might've been in fact with Sean. Yeah, yes. actually. And like, and I was, yeah. So, yeah. so, um, in <laughs> honor of okay. our dear friend of the show, the, one of the hosts of the whip around podcast, not the Fox one, check it out. It's a great show. <laughs> Sean Hayes, Daniel, what is your hazy memory? I'll throw it to me. All right. Um, one of my hazy memories is the name of the neighbor family, Wolf. Mm-hmm. Ing, maybe How a, little, many a little too, two Fs. Hmm. A little too on the nose just because they're a little more uh, free, a little more wild. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the mother is a single mother who's also a doctor in, the, yeah. in a time where, like, you always expect the doctor yeah. to be a man. Is it the scene where like, Marilyn meets um, the mom, Dr. Wolf, and she's yeah. just kind of, like, cowed by her? She's like, she's like, are you a... Are you the doctor? She's like, yeah, I'm a doctor. Want to see and my like, credentials? And Marilyn sees all of her dreams like deferred, yeah, and, like onto someone like her. And it's it's interesting. She should have had. Essentially, she's like, yeah, she's she's un- as far as we can tell. I mean, we never really get too much of her perspective, but mm-hmm. like, she's a do- she's a woman doctor in a time when you don't expect like yeah, people. In the 70s? She's probably you get the sense that she's kind of used to people saying like, wait, 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 you're a doctor, mm-hmm. and her just like, yeah, I can show I you my. That happens I can, even now. I can show you my certification. Um. And like, and, uh, and the fact, and again, she is divorced and she's not like, she's doesn't seem to be like shamed by that all that much. She's not a shunned woman. Uh, well, I mean, she doesn't feel shamed. She might, she might be slightly, uh, shunned Mm -hmm. or even shamed. But that's not the take she has on herself as far as we know. And the, and the son. She kicks ass. And the son, although he, although the biggest secret of him is that first off he's in the closet. Yeah. And he's, he's also secretly like a gentle boy. He's a gentle boy, and but he seems to, he, he he at the same time he doesn't seem to have as much anxiety about the person who he really actually that's not necessarily true. I, I was gonna say that was definitely the case halfway through, but I don't really think so anymore because clearly it is a sore subject at the end. If if it if like he was extremely fucking nervous that so, that someone was going to reveal to out him uh, yeah. to out him essentially. So I don't know. So that's why I'm that's why I remember of this that name plus the Dead Betty Crocker book, yeah. which is hugely fascinating that I don't have time to talk about. Gabriel, yes, what Daniel. is your amazing memory? Oh boy, 
Omar, hazy memories, I don't know if you explained this, it are these thoughts that we're going to carry from a book, our memories from it, probably always. And for me, there's two moments that stand so starkly clear in a book that's filled with them. Uh, one of my favorites is when uh, when Nath, um, wake, she he gets drunk for the first time. Like, he, like, drunk drunk. Like, he buys liquor from a gas station guy, and he's like, he's not of age, and the gas station guy's like, you that guy, the your sister, the sister died. died, and sells it and sells it to him anyway. It gives and him like, like another one, right? Does yeah, it two and, and it's yeah. like 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 a, a weird backhanded kind of compliment, kind of thing. Like, oh, of course you are. You're the only Asian in town. Have the liquor, hmm. and then he gets he gets pissed drunk, passes out in his car, and and when he wakes up in the morning, a cop is shaking him awake because he passed out in the car. Nath. In his dream, in his mind, his drunken, addled mind, he thinks it's his father and decides to cling to the idea that his father, for the first time in so long, is extending warmth and concern for him because mm-hmm. he hasn't in God knows how many years. Yeah. And a, a secondary, because like, there's that entire passage about it where it's like, and Nath chose to believe it was still his father. And along those same lines last last spoiler warning okay um lydia's final chapter of how she comes to her realization of when she's in the boat and she can't possibly continue another moment and it's not that she dies with a a dark fucking edgar Allan poe i'm gonna die it's gonna be beautiful Mm -hmm. she comes to a moment of clarity of i'm going to change i'm going to stand up i'm going to be my own person and in a, in a weird way to replicate the moment when Nath pushed her into the water as a rebirth, she attempts a second rebirth, but dies. She, yeah, she attempts it. She says, well, all I need to do is just get over there and I can restart over again. Yeah, and she th- it's poignant that she couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't she make couldn't it. Do so, it. Yeah. And like it, it, it wrecks you. Yes. This, I think this book's wonderful. It, it's a it's a it's a fucking solid book, man. It's a crusher. It's a crusher. It's 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 yeah. It's it's heavy as shit. So that's for you, Sean. That's for you, Sean. That's on you, Sean. That's on you. That's all your goddamn fault. Get get back to your fox pundits <laughs> and goddamn talk about this, mm-hmm. huh? There you go. All right. Don't treat Phil like that. He's sensitive. Tell Murdoch hi. What? Mur- Murdoch, that's oh, the guy in, the president. In my mind, the... Murdoch is the one from A Team. Oh. Also, I think that's a character from uh, Second Animation thing. Anyway. Probably. So let's stop talking about this book. Yep, we're done. We're done talking about this book. We're going to talk about Buy it. I loved book. it. Buy it and also buy Little Fires Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And also her short story, which you might be able to find someday. I'm very curious to read it. I think, I think the, yeah, you can buy it on Amazon in the, the book collection that it was in. Anyway. Flarf. Uh, no, we're going to talk about another book because next week we're going to continue. We're back on the strand. Goddamn motherfucking we're 80. Back. We're reading Old White Man again. Yeah. <laughs> one who's dead. Yeah. One of the one of the three big American writers who died in the 60s mm-hmm. and were popular at the same time. Um, yeah, we're reading East of Eden by John Steinbeck. It's a lot. It's a big book. I might, I might rewatch the movie for research. Uh, go for it. Um, it's a good movie. I don't. I don't know if I. You've seen it before. Um, having uh, you've said the okay, not to get too far into it, but uh, having read a little bit of the book, yeah. Do you understand my kind of thing? It's like I don't want to see oh, the movie. Oh yeah, totally. I, I totally get it. That I, if, like 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 if you had told me, um, I I wish I could go back in time and say to you, Daniel, do not watch the Princess Bride movie because you love the book too much. Mm. And the movie is not the book. It's it's different. Yeah. God, we yeah. should read the Prince. We should do Princess Bride. I love this. that it, book. It's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so anyway, so next week we're going to do uh, East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Uh, everyone cares. It's going to continue Strand 80. Yeah. Gabriel, there's only, only one thing we have what, like 75 more to go? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. We're a little farther ahead. Keep my mind. Because oh, that's right. The... We did like, we already did a Harry Potter and we already did a um, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about, one second. Let me look, let's see. Gabriel, do me a favor. Do, do yeah. plugs while I look something up. All what? right. Um, what? ladies and gentlemen, please swipe up to check the other link in our show notes. 
Um, we, ha- we had another show on this podcast network called Sex and Violence, where um, myself and Ryan Snyder, um, we discussed sexy and grody and violent films. Ryan passed away last year on Christmas. Uh, so his um, sister, his cousin, and his mother are running a 5K um, in honor of Ryan to raise money for organ donation awareness. So please check out that link. Daniel, please post it. Mm-hmm. And please donate money to this cause because it's a wonderful cause. It's a really important. And if you would love to hear Ryan Snyder's dulcet tones and bizarre opinions about movies. He hated the Coens. I, 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 I just, know, I I just don't. Understand. Anyway, so please check out that show if you feel like it. Also, um, again, coming up soon, I'm going to have some sticker designs I'm giving away for free. So if you review this show, Slow Readers, so please go on iTunes and review, rate, give some stars, subscribe to the show. And um, if you message me, I'm making a new Instagram all about books. Um, I'll have that ready for you next week. And also sending some free stickers your way for reviewing our show. Free do stickers, it now, y'all. please. Jesus. All right. And I do, uh, I do want to say, before I, I do my plugs, we're approaching episode one fucking hundred. That's great, Sean. Let's, do you want to actually, Gucci. do you want to actually talk about like, cause yeah, actually, we have everything planned up to through 100. We know, we so know. next week we're going to do East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Yep. Cause he's trying 80. Uh, and which is going to be 90, uh, no, this is 97. So that's going to be 98. Yeah. For 99, we talked before, we're mm-hmm. going to actually have like a new little mini series and mm-hmm. we should definitely return to, uh, Witcher. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have a new mini series. It's called... Uh, we don't have a title yet. Yeah, we did. We agreed. Yeah, but do we remember what it's it was? It's called Fanzerkunst. Uh, it's going to be called Fanzerkunst, where we uh, read through the uh, uh, the comic series Battle Angel Alita, which was not a... Not di- Last Order. Which was a... Di- not Last Order, even though we might do Last Order out of, oh, curi- out of boy, curiosity. Maybe. Um, but like, uh, we, yeah, so we're going to go, we're going to actually, we're going to read... read this in the entirety of the original run of Daniel's most formative favorite comic book growing up. This was my shit. This is my Spider-Man as a kid. Yeah. I was watching Homecoming before you dragged me in here. And it's very important. That's number 99 because it's 99 is the latest number. Yeah. And then after that, we hit number 100. Our 100th episode. And for that game, bro, we have something so special planned. Uh-huh. What special plan are we well, doing? Well, Daniel, if you recall correctly, what was episode 50? Uh, was it Harry Potter? Actually? It was yes, Harry seriously? Potter. Okay, it was Harry Potter one, and the Sorcerer says Philosopher's Stone. We're continuing the fucking trend. Oh, We're doing it. I can't wait. Are we reading Chamber of Secrets? No, because that one sucks. It's cool. Also, like I, I, well, we're gonna have to read it for what's it called for Strand eighty, just so you know. But we're going straight to Harry Potter three. Weirdly enough, I, I have, I feel like there's so much. Three is one of the best in the series. Also, it is rife with plot holes, if you think about <laughs> it for a fucking second. Whoa. But we're finally doing Prisoner of Azkaban. We're continuing Wizard School Parts 1 through 7, Part 2 slash 3, because fuck 2 for now. Wizard School Part 3, bro! Part 3, Harry Potter! Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Tomcat Radio on Instagram at Slow Readers. Hey. Uh, message us if, if you uh, review the show so we can send you some stickers. I've seen some of Gabriel's stickers already. He's putting a lot of himself into these. Yeah, actually, I think I'm gonna improve the other one because the because uh, the action shot isn't action shotty enough. I have to find an even more action shot one. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, and also they, they are NSFW. Buy buy my totes uh, fiction and such. Ugh. Totes fiction. Totes buy my totes fiction on Amazon. It's all there. Uh, Cook uh, in the kingdom, which is a name I almost didn't drunk? get right. Uh, I'm so drunk. No, it's it's available. Uh, Shadow from the Deep. It's available. Get it right now. Uh, read it, review it, and share it around. And then um, uh, that's it. We don't have anything else to talk about. That's cool. Uh, that's kind of a bummer. What? I was trying to find um, Harry Potter on the uh, Hypebooks app, and apparently it's not there. Nope. So I'm sure every like, you're, like I can request they send just send us the audiobook to my library. Uh, oh, I can. Um, you can put it in the CD player. Yeah, or I can. I can. Do you have a CD player? No. Why do I have a CD player? I mean, you could put it into your PlayStation, right? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, let's go away right now. Okay. Bye bye. See you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>